I'm Halima Atta, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Perspective. So before I continue, I just want to recognize that this is my 10th episode. Very cool. That seems like such a tiny number, but it's a big deal to me because I'm so glad that this kind of represents that I'm able to like consistently produce content and still have active listeners. Like there's actually people listening every week. It's the 10th week that people are still listening to me talk. So thank you for sticking around and I hope I can make it to 20 without quitting, right? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you, love you all. So this week has been insanely hectic for me and I'm not even halfway done with it. I might have jinxed it because I probably downplayed the intensity of my junior year in a previous episode, but regardless, I've been overwhelmed. And this is very hypocritical for me to say, given that my entire last episode dealt with stress and how to reverse its implications, but it seems as though when you have issues with like time allocation, it's hard to even be able to incorporate those calming activities I was talking about into your daily life, into a daily routine. Like alarms, they're great and all, but in this case, it's a matter of there's so many things I have to do and I simply don't have the time. So I fall short sometimes, which is, it's usually minor, so it's fine. Like I wouldn't fall short in like AP Chem and fail the class, but it is okay to like fall short and not getting to complete like hobbies I like doing because like it's not necessary. But regardless, I've been overwhelmed and it's important to note that what I've been juggling is all in relation to school, kind of like a subtopic of this episode. One is school, not a topic of my episode. But yeah, I've been juggling th- things related to school. Um, in addition to like my course load, I have all state auditions, what I've been, which I've been preparing for, which are on Sunday, Saturday. I keep messing up episodes to write, topics to think of, and perhaps most notably, I started a petition to help teachers in my county and have been dealing with communicating with the school board a ton, promoting it to classmates and helping people contact the board, etc. Luckily, the petition has garnered over 1,200 signatures and although very minor, some progress is being made, so I will link it in the description for you all to sign and keep up with. Okay, I've derailed a lot from my focal point, but what it is is that I'm overwhelmed, but I'm okay with it. In fact, I'm satisfied that I'm overwhelmed. I think that I'm doing something right because I'm, I'm overwhelmed and I'm stressed. And this is because there's a preconceived notion that in high school, as a junior specifically in high school, you should be working the hardest you ever have and doing the most things you, you can possi- that you can possibly, whether it's rigorous classes, like choosing ACE classes, AP classes, honors classes, activities, extracurricular clubs, etc., that you can possibly attain in order to have a successful, fulfilling high school experience to lead to ultimately a good future. And exactly how I mentioned this in my stress episode with my peanut butter illusion, in this case, a successful school year doesn't have to be paired with overworking yourself or feeling unnecessary stress or feelings of just stress in general. And the notion that we that we have to do specific activities as juniors is that we're obligated to do a specific number of rigorous classes or have this many mental breakdowns at the specific levels of high school is detrimental. And the majority of students, in my opinion, adhere to this notion. And that brings me to my primary focus here, which is fulfillment. What is fulfillment? And what does it mean to have a fulfilling school experience? How can an individual fix the destructive mentality, which I just mentioned, which plagues so many learners and students? And that is what I will be discussing today. I think it's safe to say that the majority of high school students would define success as something in relation to academics, meaning grades, earning high scores, etc. This sounds familiar because I've mentioned it multiple times before. 
most notably in my academic burnout episode, which you should listen to if you haven't already, where over 80% of respondents mentioned grades. It was so frequently observed in my little mini survey. So many students mentioned grades when they were defining what it means to, when they were defining why they are motivated to continue going to school. Grades, everything related to grades, scores, nothing more, nothing less. Essentially, students assimilate success with scores, with numbers, with report cards, with grades, and with no- nothing more, nothing less than these grades. And if more, actually, it's usually connected to, co- connected to college and our futures, I'm putting air quotes up, which all allude to academics. Few students find genuine intrinsic value in these things. So these thought processes constitute the typical student's idea of fulfillment. As defined by Oxford Dictionary, fulfillment is the achievement of something desired, promised, or predicted. Now, given that the typical student's desire or promise is to earn good grades and test scores as a result of that mentality that's wired into us from such young ages and young grade levels in school, it's really not a surprise that we also think fulfillment in high school is about solely performing well academically. And the bigger picture here in which fulfillment paints doesn't pertain to school or academics or report cards, but rather to our lives, who we are as individuals. And that sounds very dramatic, but it only seems that way because we've been taught the contrary throughout our school experience. Although there is an immense pressure to perform well academically, that isn't the only thing that is what fulfillment is composed of. Genuine fulfillment that benefits us in the long term is related to our learning and our abilities to think deeper, to think critically. School is an institution created for learning, and over time, this ideology, this founding ideology and principle has become warped, of course, but that foundation is still there. It's all about the perspective that you have on learning, and I think this is a good time for self-reflection. Why why do you learn? What what is learning? Why do you learn? It's all about the perspective, and, and most students learn for scores or for grades. I'm guilty of that. But sometimes it's easy to forget that the primary purpose of learning is to attain better thinking skills. The same way that we love to complain about how calculus, I've mentioned calculus so many times. Yeah, I've mentioned this a lot because I hate the class. But what I'm getting to is that we like we love to use like math, for example, like the Pythagorean theorem as the primary evidence that we have as to why We do not need to learn math in school because it's useless. I'm not going to need to know the Pythagorean theorem to um, learn how to pay my taxes, how to get a credit card, etc., etc. I think the main reason, and it's taken me a long time to come to terms with this, but the main reason we learn things like the Pythagorean theorem, like geometry, like calculus, yeah, maybe in its raw form, it's not really necessary unless you're going to a mathematics major, engineer, etc. However, learning the Pythagorean theorem, learning how to solve for x, teaches us critical thinking, and that is the main reason why we need calculus, why we need geometry, why we need higher levels of learning that go way past Algebra 1, that delve into deeper, more important principles. It teaches us to think critically. Obviously, you don't need to learn how to solve for X at a grocery store, but it's that critical thinking that will lead you to becoming a better problem solver, which will help you solve problems and which will benefit you as an individual in a society in the long run. So yeah, school teaches us how to think critically, or it should, but that's not what we're taking away from it. That's not what the vast majority of students of high school students today are taking away from it. So just to reiterate, many of us as students forget that the primary purpose of these learning institutions, like high school, like college, are to help us acquire better thinking skills. So I want to quote words from an article by the Insight Education Program. 
We have become slaves to GPAs and test scores, but in your classes, focus on learning concepts and analyzing ideas. In the long term, this is what will help you to be more successful in college and in life. At work, people who are able to think creatively and analytically are the ones who are highly sought out. So I think this little excerpt does an amazing job at categorizing and really defining in an easy to understand format what it means to seek fulfillment and to be fulfilled academically. And it, that all links back to one even huger concept, one even more gigantic concept, self-actualization. I know I've mentioned this like 18 million times in my previous episodes, but I did take AP Psychology last year and I scored a five on the exam. So I think I'm pretty credible when it comes to discussing concepts I learned in that class. So one concept, especially convenient for this episode, how more perfect could this be, is self-actualization. And this is so clearly linked and connected to fulfillment because it's a stage that occurs directly after it. To define the definition that pops up on Google as soon as you read it, Self-actualization can be defined as the realization or fulfillment of one's talents and potentialities, especially considered as a drive or need present in everyone. So self-actualization actually marks the last stage in Maslow's hierarchy, which kind of consists of different belongings and feelings and senses that we gain as we grow. And one thing that sticks out to me about self-actualization, not just because it's something that is when, you know, it's joyous, it's when you realize your full potential, but something that is especially unique about this is that it comes at different stages for everyone. So contrary to like Jean Piaget's theory of cognitive development, we don't go through different stages. We don't go through like these pre-developmental stages like ages 7 to 11 and then 13 to 18. Like no, self-actualization can happen at any time after you reach your level of esteem in Maslow's hierarchy, which is research. It's really interesting. But what I'm getting to is that this is especially unique because not everybody will reach self-actualization at the same time because of how we view fulfillment, because of how we view what it means to be fulfilled. And this perspective, this mentality that we have, this viewpoint that we have on what it means to be fulfilled, what, what, how we define academic fulfillment and fulfillment in general is what will cause us to become self-actualized. We cannot be self-actualized without being fulfilled. And so I think the ability to reach your, to realize your potential is what will make you self-actualize. And that's not something that everybody will reach at the same time. Some of us will reach it earlier than others and some will reach it later than others. And the most important thing to mention, which I have to reiterate, is that everybody will reach a stage at a different time because of how we view, because of our perspective on what it means to be fulfilled. And something that makes fulfillment the concept itself so unique is that it manifests itself in different ways, different facets, different areas of your life, depending on who you are as an individual, like how old you are, so many different factors. So I want to spend some time talking about specific examples of how we can lead ourselves to become more self-actualized, fulfilling ourselves in the process, divided up by grade level in high school, which is probably one of the most important times for fulfillment and self-actualization in general. So to begin with freshman year, I think that this one is the easiest to define for me in terms of fulfillment because there's so much that happens. Essentially, as a freshman, you're new, it's new territory, and there's such an abundance of different clubs, different classes, different career paths, different options that you're now exposed to. And I think the beauty of high school is that typically it's like a melting pot for so many different students who have come from so many different like schools and programs. And as I mentioned in my academic burnout episode, a lot of students are already like exhausted from 
being put through these really rigorous like I pre-IB programs or gen programs, advanced programs, being gifted students, having that label, which holds so much power. I think coming from so many different areas, so many different schools and programs is what one makes high school a huge melting pot. And with a melting pot comes so many different, so many, the, the, the ability to be introduced to so many different things, including extracurriculars, classes, etc. And so I think this is where the first aspect of fulfillment and being able to reach that potential comes in. First, realizing that one, this is a new environment, which can kind of help lead us to self-actualization. And two, perhaps the most important step is being able to take advantage of all of the opportunities. Fulfillment is about thinking critically. Fulfillment is about discovering the new and tackling issues. You cannot learn how to think critically in Algebra 1. I know a lot of people took that in middle school like I did. You cannot learn how to think critically in classes like these and then not apply it. And high school is a perfect place to apply these scenarios because now you're granted the you're granted the environment with so many different people and so many different courses, like career paths that you're not introduced to, um, extracurricular activities, all of those things are kind of introduced to you in high school. And so this is kind of where you're able to apply that ability to, th- to think critically. So I think freshman year is a great place to apply, like your understanding of fulfillment, of critical thinking, which is linking back to fulfillment in the long run. So I think this one is probably the easiest to understand because as a sophomore, yes, I'm talking about sophomores now, that was really quick. There was nothing to mention for freshmen. But moving on to sophomores, I feel like at this grade level, you're able to apply what you learned, thinking critically, all of those strategies to this year. By sophomore year, it's been a year of high school, you should know what strategies help you the most, which ones benefit you the most. And you should also know how, you should also have an understanding of how to think critically. And I feel like a lot of people tend to not understand what that means to think critically. And really it's just an approach to problem solving. So maybe as a freshman, you weren't able to do like, I don't know, you weren't able to find out how to properly allocate time to study. As you've gone on, but as you've like fought with this trouble, like this issue, for an entire year, if not like less, hopefully less. But if you, as you've like been struggling with this one issue, this one challenge for over a year now, sophomore year is when you can finally realize how to apply your new skills that you've acquired. There's no point in like going through an unnecessary challenge when you don't come out with a solution or like to fix it. So sophomore year is definitely the time when you can definitely, is definitely the time where you can apply previously learned strategies that are new to you not things that you learned or acquired in middle school, but things that you learned in freshman year, ninth grade year specifically. And sophomore year is a great place to, again, apply that knowledge. The same way that you're applying your critical thinking skills that you learned in middle school to freshman year, being a sophomore, you can apply things that you might have struggled with that you've overcame into your sophomore year. For example, if you didn't know how to properly approach a problem as a freshman, it's been a year, you probably can now, and you can use those different learning strategies. What did you do different to now understand the problem? That's critical thinking, and critical thinking sounds like such a complex, like hard to do thing, like an AP course, but when in reality, it's essentially problem solving. So if you're able to like approach these problems as a freshman, struggle with them a bit, and overcome them in the sense that you were promoted to your, like your sophomore year without failing, hopefully, as a sophomore, you're able to apply your new learning strategies and show yourself just kind of realize not full potential because that's self-actualization and while that can occur like at this age it's kind of unlikely as you're not even done with high school halfway so as a sophomore it's definitely a great year and I think the focal point of what I'm saying is that as a sophomore sophomore you're able to apply learning strategies by thinking critically which can help benefit you and 
being a being a sophomore noticing these critical thinking strategies which help which help you in learning in school etc will only help you reap the benefits in the future as far as college and your career path further down in life so sophomore year is essentially about applying but in depth if that makes sense and moving on to the last year i will be grazing over i think i'm the most credible in this realm because i'm a junior right now and even though i haven't even been in school for two months yet I've definitely been experiencing the burnout and the exhaustion that comes with junior year. And that is one thing that I want to spend a lot of time on. Junior year. When we hear that, we tend to assimilate it with hard, hard work, ah, stress, ah, like that. That's what people think when they think junior year, and it shouldn't be that way. I think a common misconception is that this year is for hard academics and that only it's only for top leadership roles, president, no vice president, like president taking up big roles and hard classes. That's all I've ever heard about junior year, besides the standardized testing, which is even worse. This is a misconception that I hear a lot. And when I was researching this, like fulfillment and everything that comes along with it, this year in reality is about challenging yourself. And you're probably thinking that has nothing to do with self-actualization and fulfillment, but it really does. Fulfillment, again, to link back to the definition, is something that relates to our achievement of things. Fulfillment is something that relates to getting things done. To read the definition again, it's not something that just relates to academics or grades, but it's something that relates to us achieving, acquiring something that was desired, promised, or predicted. For a lot of juniors, what is desired or promised is good grades, SAT scores. That That's literally, that's all that's sitting in my mind. That was all that sat in my mind before I actually became a junior. And I feel like being that self-actualization self and fulfillment is generally about realizing your potential and realizing what you can attain, like what is something that's realizing what is possible for you to attain. The biggest thing to take away from junior year, the focal point of junior year, should I say, is challenging yourself. And let me explain. What is challenging for one person might not be challenging for the other. And what is not challenging for another person could be challenging for another. This leads me to my main point. What is considered a challenge is subjective. Everybody has a different viewpoint on what is hard to them. To them, it's subjective. It depends based on the individual what will be a challenge. And I think, again, that is the focal point of junior year. That is something that will lead tremendously. And even though I'm not even two months in, I can definitely tell that I'm realizing how I can apply critical thinking, all of the things I learned as a freshman, as a sophomore, even like in middle school, those critical thinking concepts can be applied to my learning now. I've definitely improved something, for example, like time allocation, studying habits. Those are things that have improved significantly since I was a freshman. And that can all be due to my development and fulfillment as, as an individual, not as a student, but as an individual. And that's another thing, labeling ourselves as students when we're only, I'm not talking about in general, because I am a student, and I take pride in that, but labeling ourselves as students when we're, when the discussion pertains to fulfillment is so harmful, because student and fulfillment, people just think grades, high scores, when that's really not what it's about. As I said before, and I have to reiterate, the entire purpose of school isn't to get good grades. It's definitely something that shouldn't be expected if you're challenging yourself enough, but everybody is different. And just because you're not earning good grades in a specific subject doesn't mean that you're stupid or that you're lesser than. Because you have to remember that the entire point of these learning institutions is to challenge ourselves 
and to learn how to think critically. And that's another focal point in junior year and high school in general. Challenging yourself as a student doesn't solely equate to taking the hardest classes you can possible to beefing up your schedule, to stressing yourself out, to becoming overwhelmed. It presents itself in many different ways. But I don't want to spend a lot of time just delving into why um, it's hard to be academically fulfilled and why it's stressful and overwhelming because that's just sad and annoying and I don't want to throw you guys into like feelings of dejection. So obviously I have to present a solution because I do that in every episode when I present a problem. So I think that this all starts with realizing your goals as a student. Do you want to go to college? What do you want to do in the future? And although that might not be like, that might be a minor like aspect in like becoming fulfilled as a student, as an individual in society, but it's a great first step because you can kind of figure out what classes do I enjoy? And that's kind of the biggest factor. It's definitely the biggest factor. What do I enjoy? School is draining, but it doesn't have to be. I'm a junior and currently I am not, currently I'm I'm, I'm at a medium level of happiness in terms of school and my workload and things I find joy in, probably due to the fact that that we're learning virtually, I can't like see my friends, I can't interact with teachers, etc. So I'm not getting that social activity. So I feel like COVID and all of its implications are a huge factor in this. And it's kind of like a, like a fork in the road in terms of how we can be more fulfilled as students. However, something that we can even do from home includes finding activities that we like, organizing our schoolwork, making an effort to devote time to ourselves and family, friends, etc. And I think fulfillment is all about having a balance between work and rigorous course load and things that we'd like to enjoy doing. For example, I've said this like so many different times. Well, I think I mentioned like twice. I like playing piano and that's something that I've been able to incorporate into my schedule and although some days are more hectic than other than others given that I have so many different like rigorous classes to be a part of I find peace and fulfillment and being able to play after school sometimes or being able to look forward to that alarm when I get to practice my instrument or something like that is something that leads me to be fulfilled and although I'm not completely self-actualized I still have a long way to go in terms of finding my potential because I'm all over the place with my mentality it still needs to be fixed I think that finding hobbies and allocating the right amount of time to that is a really good step and I know you're probably like well Halima you always mention like hobbies are good like we all know that but I think it's about having a good balance you shouldn't be partaking in your hobbies more than you are like studying but you also shouldn't be studying well that's subjective depending on like the rigor of your class let me not give awful advice I don't want you guys to fail but what I'm getting to is that there needs to be some kind of balance whatever balance works for you for you subjective we're all at different spots in our lives in terms of fulfillment and reaching our goal of self-actualization and Maslow's hierarchy of needs. What works for me might not work for you and vice versa. Therefore, I really can't give specific advice tailored to one person or one group of people. Self-actualization and fulfillment in general are linked in you as a person, what you enjoy doing, and how you allocate your time in terms of what I need to do, what I'm obligated to do as a student, and what I enjoy doing and what's not necessary. And although it's not necessary for me to play piano, although it's not necessary for me to practice my saxophone, it's something that brings me joy. And joy is something that really makes school bearable. That's what makes me stay on my team's meetings until the end of the day at 310. That's what makes me not leave school early because I realize that it's part of my schedule and it wouldn't make sense to look for like to 
put more time into an unnecessary hobby than in something that might just get me somewhere somewhere in the future, which is education, which is academics. And as much as I hate to say this, scores and grades are important. As much as we shouldn't put our worth into that, they are important. And so we should be able to have a good balance between activities that we like, things that we genuinely enjoy doing, things that we're intrinsically motivated to do, and classwork. And I think being able to incorporate our hobbies and our interests into our courses is something that will help. For example, if you really like helping people, if you really like science, being in a chemistry class, even if you don't have to, is something that will help you. You're not obligated to be an AP Chem, but finding joy in science and learning about, like, I don't know, how everything works, matter and everything, doing that could lead you to be more, more fulfilled because you're able to incorporate your hobbies and your interests into something that you're obligated to do every single day, which is school. And as students, academic fulfillment is a huge aspect of our daily lives. So to conclude, fulfillment isn't about doing hard things. Fulfillment as a student isn't about taking the hardest classes you possibly can and beefing up your schedule. Fulfillment is about finding a balance between the things that we like to do and the things that we're obligated to do, whether morally or like legally, I have to be in school. But even though school, I'm talking about like fulfillment as a student, even though school can be hectic for me, stressful for me, I should not, I'm not obligated to feel overwhelmed and I certainly do not have to feel overwhelmed to know that I'm feeling fulfilled as a junior, as a somebody who's in such a focal part, focal point of my high school experience. Being overwhelmed, being overworked, being stressed is not a package deal that comes with being successful or being fulfilled. They are not mutually exclusive and so if you have the mentality, get rid of it. I know it's hard to do in one step so that's not literal, but you get what I'm saying here. Fulfillment isn't a package deal that comes with stress and hectic lifestyle. It comes with time allocation, hobbies, and obligations. And finding a balance between those three things will lead you to be more fulfilled in the future and will ultimately lead to you becoming self-actualized, which is such a great thing because in that level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're realizing that we have the potential to be fulfilled and we can become fulfilled as students much easier and much quicker. And it'll be a lot easier for us to reach that area if we're able to find a balance between the things that we like to do and the things that we're obligated to do as students and more importantly as individuals in society. With that being said, if you are an avid listener to A Little Perspective, thank you so much for sticking around for 10 whole episodes. I hope that I can make even more episodes in the future and I hope that you continue to listen. I hope that you were able to take something away from this episode, learn something new. And with that being said, make sure to tune in next Thursday for a new episode.